When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Start a journey, not a fad. Kick off your fitness journey with up to $500 off Peloton Bike, Bike Plus, or Tread packages. Choose the package that will take your training to the next level with accessories like our cycling shoes, heart rate band, non-slip grip dumbbells, and more. Join now and you'll see why 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All access membership separate. Offer ends January 8th, 2023. Excludes Bike, Bike Plus, and Tret Basics. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. This is your main event, Mark's Podcast, brought to you by the Belly Up Unhinged Radio Network Sports. I'm your first host, lifelong wrestling fan, former radio guy, cat dad, and one of the boys of summer, Slam. I am Troy, and with me as always is the main event collector, figure hunting warrior, and he is the WWE walking wrestling encyclopedia. He's the heartbreak kid to my hitman. It's Greg. What's up, Greg? I feel like I should have something witty to say, but I don't. Troy screwed Troy. <laughs> I saw somebody took a, a recent picture from. Or, I saw or, it. But what the? It's everywhere. Picture Brett. Yes. Oh, the picture of Brett. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Screwed Vince. <laughs> yeah, memes are like, funny until people just kill them. Like they're everywhere. Like someone. Oh, I got a copy paste that everywhere. Oh my god, dude! You guys killed them quickly. Yeah. Making not even funny anymore. I only saw it the one time, but you, uh, well, you're in that major pod group where apparently they share the crap out of memes. It was on Twitter, on Instagram. I don't really use Facebook. Yeah. Hood, I don't use Instagram much. I don't use any social media for the most part. But. Yeah. Well, I have, I, like I, have, life. I have people to, well, I have people to send me memes. That's where, that's where I get my memes from. So I, I got people, you know what I'm saying? But today, they won last night. Wait, who won last night? Little Gatos. How you doing? <laughs> wow. Uh, well, today, man, we are talking about it's our first show of August. That means it's SummerSlam month. <sighs> Thank God. Get, uh, get this summer over. I hate summer. It's the worst season. Uh, I was going to say, for out there in California, yeah, I could understand why you say that. Oddly enough, it's been super hot, like everywhere, though. So it's not just out there for it's you. It's not guys hot here. It's the thing. But. I just want it over with. Yeah, well, your your winters aren't that bad out here. I like I, I was talking to my wife the other day. I told her I was like, "Look, I'm ready for winter for like one month. After after a month, you can take it away, get rid of it. Like I want I want spring and summer back." But 
Yeah. I, you choose to live there. I know. <laughs> yeah, it, it it's it's not fun. I will say it's it's fun around Christmas time. Anybody in the Midwest? I mean, some people like it, but I, I just I don't like after Christmas time. Then it's like, ah, oh, this is still going on, huh? Like we're not past it yet. The Midwest, but, far over in the East. Yeah, I, I don't I don't understand. Juggery for you folks. I don't understand why this area is called the Midwest, but yeah, it's like it's center smack dab in the center of the country, Midwest. Sure. Uh, either way. But it is SummerSlam month, which means it is one of the most wonderful times of the year. Not quite WrestleMania month, but it's uh, it's up there. I'm looking forward to it. I, I'm not as hyped as I am as for WrestleMania, but, you know, it's it's like I said, it's it's right there. It's real close. And SummerSlam has always been a magical time. You and I were there live in 2015. You're there live. Most of the time. I think I've been to as many as I have WrestleMania. I think. Maybe. Wow, really? Yeah, exact same amount. Six and six. Wow, nice. Well, that's a lot. Next and year, I am aiming to do both. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, WrestleMania is going to be in Hollywood, obviously. Where's... Uh, that's a five-hour drive. <laughs> where's, uh, with that. where's WrestleMania or uh, SummerSlam going to be next year? They have not announced it yet. Okay. I find it funny that's not announced, and we know WrestleMania 40 is in Philly. <laughs> right. Yeah, we know for the next couple of years, but yeah. Either way, uh, SummerSlam 1997 was a fun show. That's what we're talking about today. We've got three SummerSlams coming at you this month. This is the first one, and this was a great year. We've talked a lot about 1997. We've got more coming to you for the, later on this year as well, but this is a great one. I'm glad we selected this show, and you. I think you and I, because I laid out this month's lineup to you, and you're like, oh yeah, all three of those Summer Slams are just phenomenal. Couldn't wait to get to them. Bangers, so, as the kids say. Yeah, right. <laughs> it, it, is it a banger? It's one of them where it's like you, you warm up your hands, you kind of put it in there. Is it, is it, is it, is it hot? Anyway, <laughs> it's I dropped it like it's hot. That's another one, too. Right. I'm just Mr. Cool today, dude. Exactly. We're how are you? How do you do, fellow kids? <laughs> anyway, uh, but yeah, we're gonna get into all that. We got a lot of cool stuff to talk about today, actually, on the news segment. Some of this is like kind of fun to talk about. We've actually got uh, some not so fun stuff to talk about as well, but we'll we'll try to get past that as quickly as possible. But we're not opening up with wrestling, believe it or not. And uh, I'll explain that right after this. But first, we're going to pause right quick to let you know that the main event, Marks, is sponsored by Swift Lifestyles. They're clean energy drinks and focus enhancers, great-tasting vitamins, and big brain nootropics that are made and shipped from the USA. Go to SwiftLifestyles.com and use our special promo code, Main Event Marks. That is all one word to get 15% off your order. It's Main Event Marks. All one word for 15% off your order. And now we're going to take our first break of the podcast. When we come back, it is the news and notes right after this. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Get ready to rumble. 
in your new Main Event Marts merchandise. We've got t-shirts, hoodies, masks, hats, stickers, pins, and much more on our Redbubble store. That's maineventmarts.redbubble.com. You can also pick up some awesome clothing items with the latest updated show graphics on our Bonfire store. That's bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks. Support your favorite retro wrestling podcast and pick up some cool swag on our Bonfire and Redbubble stores. That's maineventmarks.redbubble.com and bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. What's up, everybody? I am the hardest part of the ring, the host of the Apron Bump podcast. Ugh, another wrestling podcast. How many times can I listen to fans tell me who needs a push, who doesn't need a push, who brings Vince's coffee these days? Enough! The Apron Bump is about the journey. It's about nostalgia. It's about discovering new forms of wrestling to really tickle your pickle as a wrestling fan. The podcast brings you reviews of wrestling events all over the world, whether it's WWF, WWE, WCW, ECW. We even cover the golden eras of Ring of Honor, Progress, TNA, and more promotions in the future as well. New episodes every Wednesday. Bump day. Uh-huh. Yeah. Go to apronbump.com or go to your favorite podcast platform or YouTube and subscribe today for the most diverse, fan-friendly wrestling podcast in the world. I'm hard. The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. We're back. Just to let you know, the main event marks is sponsored by Shocked Energy. Shocked Energy is a healthier alternative to traditional energy drinks that gives the energy that gamers need while in a long session without skimping on their health. Their products come in a powder form to mix into your water. You can either choose the green apple or watermelon boxes. If you want to try both, you can get the sample kit. Use our link in the podcast description or simply go to shockedenergy.com. At checkout, use our promo code MAINEVENT. That's all one word to save 10% off your order. That's promo code MAINEVENT to save 10% at checkout. News and notes time. As I mentioned, we're not opening up with wrestling for the first time, I think, ever on the podcast, just because I thought this was a pretty big story. The latest UFC pay-per-view was highlighted by the biggest upset in UFC history when Maurice Smith beat Mark Coleman. Did you know anything about this? 
at the time. I didn't know it was considered an upset, but or at least the biggest upset ever. Yeah, I guess at the time, I I don't know. I take take it for what you will. It's from Uncle Dave, so I I don't know. Mark but, Coleman was always a little overhyped to me, but. Well, this is on top of all the problems that the show is dealing with, uh, getting on pay-per-view because they're losing a political war against them. Basically, there's a lot of doom and gloom about the future of UFC. It's that little idiot over in, uh, was it Arizona? Short dude? Uh, <laughs> uh, short dude, white hair. Uh, God, I know his name. John McCain? No. Wait, was it McCain? Yeah, it was McCain. Well, okay, was well, there was another one, yeah. one, too, that got him thrown off, tried to get him off TV. Well, He's John McCain was always the one. Yeah. Well, John McCain was always the one. He referred to it as uh, human cockfighting. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> that's like. Well, I mean, I, I. I don't get that one. I mean, it's like you mean fighting. Like, like I don't. I don't get how it's quote unquote human cockfight. Like cockfighting means it's two chickens trying to murder each other. This is well. literally just fighting. <laughs> I, why do you have to add more adjectives? I don't. Whatever. Uh, Lee Lieberman. That one I don't know. Joe Lieberman. I would. So? I wouldn't doubt that the Gores had something to do with it too, because I know Tipper Gore was real big into like anti-video games and all and anti-violence and all that stuff too. So I don't know. So senator, American politician, lobbyist, and attorney went against video games at the UFC because it was hurting kids' brains. <laughs> this is a thing. Like, oh, to man. this day, by the way, anytime a tragedy happens, people still blame, oh, the video games. <laughs> like, you know how many <laughs> studies have been done that show that video games have less than nothing to do with any of it? Like, for God's oh. sake, people. It's not even like a, a which side thing either, because the Republicans a Democrat no. and, and John McCain's a Republican. So it's and not even that. Say stupid. Yeah, they're all dumb. <laughs> all of them, all of them like to point at video games and oh, you know, like shut up. It's not video games. It's not the playing, UFC. I'm playing Grand Theft Auto. I now feel like going out and killing somebody and selling my crack. Yeah, well, I, I heard that before. Is somebody is like, well, don't you play this this game where you shoot people? And they're like, yeah, that's the game like it's not real <laughs> like, also a good anger release too so you know yeah i know it's like um when i'm frustrated sometimes i mean i i don't go to directly to the shooting games per se but it's like sometimes i like to get on a game and you know even a football game sometimes i like to run up a score on the other team whatever it's like you know gets gets my anger out after the browns gets their asses stomped in sometimes you know stuff like that so i don't know your brain though, dude. Yeah, right. Well, anyway, uh, the next couple stories are pretty sad, but we'll get through them here as quickly as possible. This next one, we know where it's going. Uh, 66-year-old Fritz von Erich has been diagnosed with lung cancer, which has spread to his brain and adrenal glands. His long-term prognosis is not good. The cancer was found after his ho- he was hospitalized for a stroke. It can go from your throat to your brain. Yeah, that's a weird route. Holy to take. hell, man, that sucks. Yeah, I knew a guy who had. Uh, I worked with him actually. He had uh, lung cancer, I want to say, and then next thing I know, they said it spread to his brain, and uh, he died not too long after that. That well, sucks, man. 
uh, for the record, Fritz ended up dying on September 10th in 1997. So not very long after this. Basically, once they say it's in your brain, nine times out of ten, you're not going to last very much longer. It's really sad, but especially at that age. I mean, he was 66. He'd been through a lot. I mean, he'd been a wrestler back in the times when the ring mats were basically concrete. So Uh, somebody else who passed away wasn't exactly a wrestler, but uh, it was Gordon Soley's wife, Eileen. Uh, She passed away from cancer this week at the age of 70. It was expected... And the night before her death, she wrote her own obituary before passing away in her sleep. Damn, man. Her and Gordon both did that. Like, what? I, I don't know if that's, like, cool or morbid. Or a little both. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. It's if you know you're going. Yeah, I don't know if that, like, settled... I don't know if that like calms the soul or soothes the soul or whatever before you pass away. Or you know what though, if you're dying, whatever you got to do, man. I say, unfortunately, yeah. I I guess if it makes you feel better before you know passing on, you know what, whatever. It just like to me, I I don't know. Like, what what am I gonna say? (laughs) The the thing is, I have a hard time like sitting there like saying like real good things about myself. So my whole thing is like, yeah, he he was kind of an a hole. He had a me- people take those compliments. <laughs> He's kind of an a-hole. He had a mediocre podcast. Uh, yeah, he, he, uh, he was a decent cook, I guess. You know, whatever. Right, it's just this is 500 words. All right, whatever. But, you know what? Just, just blast it out on Twitter. <laughs> the uh, ultimate word did his live on Raw, so. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I know. And it was awesome. I mean, it sucked, obviously, that it happened. But it was still... It was the greatest promo he's ever cut in his life. And I don't know if that was like the sign where it was like, well, it can only go down from here. Bye. Like, that sucks to say, but I mean, it's sad. And the thing was, you and I were supposed to be there. Yeah, right. That would have been. We would be in New Orleans a couple years later, but. Irony. Yeah, it's just, oh, man. Think about, like, how much of a gigantic bummer. Like, we would have been there for the ending of the streak, and to find out that we were there for Ultimate Warrior right before he passed away. It was like, what the F, man? Uh, so, all in My all... first I'm thought glad- would have been, like, man, that's the price you pay for having fun, right? Yeah, right. Uh, I mean, all in all, I'm glad we went to the one we went to. Yeah, right. <laughs> The biggest indie show of the year will take place next month called Terry Fox WrestleFest. Exactly. Where the horses will be sick and your mother will be a whore. <laughs> uh, it's taking place in Amarillo, Texas, of course. Uh, it's been promoted. On his ranch. <laughs> the Looks like a GCW show. <laughs> it's being promoted as Terry Funk's final match in Amarillo. Yeah. At- Catch, catch that caveat at the end in Amarillo, uh, which is not quite the uh, same thing as a retirement. So beyond the mat lied to us all. Uh, well, yeah, kind of. I mean, it was more him, but eh. yeah, uh, Bret Hart will be at Funk's uh, will be Funk's opponent. And there will be a Sabu versus Mankind match as well. ECW, yes, <laughs> damn straight. Uh, who can maim each other the most? 
uh, ECW and FMW stars will also work the show because hell yes, this is the first indie show Brett has worked in years, and the first match actually uh, his first match actually took place in Amarillo in 1973 when he was 16 years old. Three years before he started wrestling in his dad's Stampede promotion. I guess your feet went somewhere, right? That's a that's a weird factoid for you. That Bret Hart got his wrestling career started in Amarillo, Texas, at the age of sixteen. Okay, then. Mister Canada started in Texas. Did you ever hear that they wanted to slap a cowboy gimmick on him at one point? I think I heard it from him actually. Yeah, and he was like, I don't know the first thing about being a damn cowboy. <laughs> and he's like, it. And oddly enough, Canada has cowboys. I did not know this, but he was saying he was like, yeah, I mean, well, yeah, but he was saying he's like, when we go to the regions of Canada with actual cowboys, they're going to see right through my crap and they're going to boo the (laughs) hell out of me. So he's like, I'm not going to do this. Like, "Mm, I, I, hey, I get that. That's like, you know, like faking a British accent in front of British people. They're going to be like, yeah, you're get the hell out of here. Stupid Americans. Uh, I did I did that one time I like did a, a Wade Barrett impression in front of a British guy one time and he laughed his ass off at me he was like not even close I'm like I know uh, the, I want to point out I want to point out real quick that Terry Funk did stay retired for a while Chainsaw Charlie would be there very soon though oh yes <laughs> I, I forgot very different <laughs> oh man you know what? Slap some it's been a couple of months, on... by the way. <laughs> he slaps a pantyhose on his face, have him come out of a damn box, and he's over. <sighs> That's now over. Uh, no pun intended. Chris Stantley. Speaking... Oh my gosh. <laughs> speaking of uh, speaking of getting over, the WWF contacted Glenn Jacobs and told him that he was being brought back immediately. And it's be- being expected that he'll play the role of the Undertaker's brother, Kane. Well, wouldn't you know who won the pony? Uh, Jacobs is still a USWA champion using the Doomsday gimmick and wasn't given a chance to drop the USWA title before he left. Oh, no. Whatever will they do? I don't think Doomsday would fly in 2022. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, no, because DC Comics would sue the hell out of him. Uh, USWA is discussing putting a different wrestler under the Doomsday mask and pretending as if nothing's different, but they haven't decided yet. Uh, how Mexico of them. That's true. <laughs> this is what they do. <laughs> right. They're like, what? No, this, that's still La Parca. What are you talking about? L.A. Park, La Parca. Yeah, right. that, that, that's totally psychosis. No, that guy you see on TV, that's, nah, no, that's not the same guy. He teleported, okay? That hardy anyway. style. <laughs> wow. Sid was officially fired by the WWF this week. Oh, no. Uncle Dave. That would be it. his last ever run there, too. I know. It's kind of shocking. But Uncle Dave thinks that it's crazy that a star of this magnitude would be outright fired in the middle of this Monday Night War. However, however... <laughs> WWF apparently felt that they had no choice given that he uh, they couldn't get any straight answers from Sid about his medical condition or whether he may be able to return. Normally, you'd expect WCW would hire him immediately, 
but Sid had a lot of heat with people in WCW, and he has pretty much the worst track record in the business as far as dependability. So who knows? Uh, September, October 99, something like that is when he goes to WCW. Wow. Over two years. Hot day, really? Hmm? That long of a layoff, eh? What the hell was he doing? Awful. Wow. I'm in for a job. Uh, Waterboy at the softball game. I don't know. I think he was selling... Uh, I think he was selling tractors. Farm equipment or something like that. Uh, yeah, that fits. Okay. Yeah, because... Uh, no, you don't even got to convince me. I believe you. Well, because I know I had heard a story during this time that because I'm assuming that's what he went back to because um, I think it was Bruce Pritchard was telling a story about, he said when they were trying to get freaking straight answers out of Sid and his wife, you know, he would call up and his wife would answer the phone half the time and be like, Oh, he's uh, you know, he's out playing softball. He's like, of course he is. And uh, his wife one time was like, well, you know what? Sometimes Sid thinks he'd be happier just going back to selling farm equipment. And he's like, you know what? Sometimes we think we, we would be too. <laughs> And the thing is, then this is another like Lex Luger type situation, because whenever uh, Conrad asked Eric Bischoff about it, he was like, I never had an issue with Sid. He was there. He did his job. He never he didn't start crap. He's like, I, I didn't have an issue with him. But then maybe, uh, you know, maybe like some people just did. And he snapped at them and they just assumed he was a dick. Yeah. Well, I think it's just I mean, it's it's environment. You know, some people flourish in different environments. You know, it is what it is. Like, you know, some people, some people I'm sure are like Seth Rollins and people and Roman Reigns, people like that are, they would hate an environment like AEW and they absolutely love everything about WWE. And then there are some people like CM Punk who acted like, oh, how dare you chain me up here in WWE? It's like, for God's sake. Like, Whatever. It's just where, you know, I guess temper, temperament, whatever. Depends on the human, too. Yeah. Well, like I said, yeah, it's a temperament and what you're willing to do, I guess. So, uh, speaking of temperament, Jim Neidhart is gone for the moment as well. Uh, well, uh, I wonder if he... I wonder if, uh, if a certain somebody can get the rhino a job somewhere. Uh, Pretty sure he does, because he is back imminently. Uh, well, apparently, before returning to the WWF, Neidhart signed an exclusive contract with an indie company called UCW in New York. Okay. Uh, the WWF wasn't aware of it until UCW con- uh, contacted them after Neidhart had been on TV for the last several months. Holy crap. Surprise! <laughs> <Yeah>. Surprise! <laughs> Here's your papers. Uh, the WWF told Neidhart... And your, your uh, court date. <laughs> right. The WWF told Neidhart to go get the legal situation cleared up and get out of the contract, and until he does, they're not using him. I would like... I would even get out of it quickly, I assume. Yeah. <laughs> what the freaking hell, man? <sighs> Does he like, think no one's going to notice? And he's on national TV. <laughs> like, nobody watches Raw. Like, they're not, like, it's not they one of the hottest figured, shows. They probably figured that Nitro was beating Raw at this time, so nobody was watching Raw. So there you yeah, go. Right. Yeah, right. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, it's only the number two show out there. I mean, like, you know, nobody's watching this crap. Oh, Lord. The WWF announced they'll be bringing in a new TV commissioner next week. The belief is that it will end up being Sergeant Slaughter. It is. And other names mentioned include uh, Pat Patterson, Ernie Ladd, Bill Watts, and Jack Tunney. Jack Tunney. Wow. In 1997. We talked about things that just didn't fit in this era. Like, could you freaking imagine Bill Watts or Jack Tunney? (laughs) Look him up. I could look, I could see Bill Watts maybe because like he could get like gruff and nasty, whatever. Like, I mean, he'd have to watch oh, the yeah? N words. <laughs> well, I was going to say, I don't know, with the uh, with the nation of domination going around, I don't know if Bill Watts would fit in. But, you know, whatever. Uh, I personally think Ernie Ladd would have been funny in that role. Like, I, I that would have been cool. If nobody knows. Like, uh, well, some of the things I hear that he would say backstage was like, he'd be like, he'd say this stuff like deadpan. It was effing hilarious, but he was like being a dick at the same time. So, or excuse me, a Richard. Aubrey Plaza of him. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, but, and, and he was a humongous human being. Like, nobody would, int- it was like Gorilla Monsoon. It's like, who's, who's going to intimidate him besides, you know, I mean, Vader. Speaking of so- humongous... Speaking of humongous human beings, Ahmed Johnson returned from his knee injury and was somehow even bigger than before. How does that work? This was Dave sliding in a he's on steroids crack. If we know that he's not. Hey, and Dave didn't uh, he didn't say that he's not, but he didn't say that he, uh, you know, is either. So, you know, there's that. How you doing? Mankind is still doing the dude love gimmick, and it's getting a decent response, but Uncle Dave doesn't think that the gimmick has legs. Oh, well, if if he doesn't believe in the gimmick, you might as well drop it. It, it literally goes until, what, right before King of the Ring? He, he, wait, yeah. Oh, I remember, yeah, he was, at, he was at Unforgiven as dude love. I remember that. Uh, and Nope Edge, I believe. Yeah. I think that's what it was called. Whatever the main pay-per-view was. Right. Yeah, I can't remember when exactly it was he dropped it. Right after that. Sh- he became Mankind, so if you can take her again. Shawn Michaels had a meeting last week with the producers of Baywatch, and he's expected to film an episode or two of that show next season. Uh, Shawn is expected back in the ring by September, and the word is that he's willing to do business with Brett. Uh, well, yeah, well, let's say, well, I mean, what's your definition of do business? <laughs> uh, I mean, he's back in the ring, but, uh, and as far as I know, he was on Baywatch, wasn't he? I never watched that show, believe it or not, so I don't know. I don't know. I've, I've seen clips of him on some show. I think it was Baywatch. I don't know. I know Triple H was on it. Hogan and uh, Flair and some of you were only because they showed them on like documentaries and stuff. Yeah, I know. Um, uh, Triple H was also on the Drew Carey show. He used it for, for being a, a like an upper mid card guy. Triple H used to be like on a handful of shows back in the nineties. Was he on the on Mad TV too at some point? Yeah, he was. <laughs> Speaking of mid-card guys, Mark Marrow isn't expected back until September either. 
He has apparently been rehabbing his knee so hard that he damaged it worse rather than making it better. He'll have to wear a heavy brace when he returns. He does return, and that's when he becomes marvelous, I believe. Never has a nickname fit so horribly. (laughs) (sighs) Man. WCW still won the ratings battle over the week, but Raw's ratings were the closest they've been in a long time. Funny enough, last week's Nitro, which was moved to Tuesday, did a shockingly strong rating. It surprised everyone who thought that most fans only watch because Monday night is the traditional wrestling night, but Nitro doing a strong rating on Tuesday means that fans are actively seeking it out. This has shown TBS that a possible Thursday night show could probably do strong ratings also, so there are whispers of the idea coming back up. However, Mm -hmm. Eric Eric Bischoff is still against the idea because he doesn't want to overexpose the product and overwork the bookers and wrestlers, so he's fighting against it. Yeah, let's see who wins that battle. (laughs) And eventually loses the company. Sucks. Uh... Eric Bischoff held a meeting with the wrestlers last week and specifically said that he doesn't want any bad language or vulgar gestures on the shows. Apparently, he's gotten oh, complaints. Hell. <laughs> Apparently, he's gotten complaints from higher ups on at Turner about it. Bischoff told the wrestlers to leave that stuff to Vince McMahon because WCW won't be doing it. Well, then WCW won't be doing much. Yeah, right. Well, like we discussed Tell last week, it all comes back and hits him in the face. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, like like we discussed last week when when Hulk Hogan couldn't figure out which part of uh, Goldberg's anatomy he wanted to kick. Yep. I'm gonna I'm gonna kick Goldberg's. Pause. Think about it. But <laughs> like, like, well then, how very PG of you. Now in the archives. <laughs> uh, we're saying this, by the way, now as WWE is officially moving Raw back to TV 14. Nuts to think about. Uh, it kind of has been for a while almost, though, hasn't it? Like, I mean, they've it's been, been towing the line. Yeah, I mean, they've been dropping some more adult-style swears. Well, they have been getting, like, you know, they've been using the word ass a little bit, but they still uh, don't say the ass word. Like, uh, AEW drops it like freaking candy on Halloween every episode. But, <laughs> um, and the women do use the B word. Like, well, I've I mean, like, Rhonda gets away with it because it's Rhonda. Right. Oh, that's that's another one, one that, of the biggest stars in the world. <laughs> that's another one that AEW abuses the hell out of. Well, Even Jade Cargill is it Jane or Jade? It's Jade. Jade. Freaking yeah. Cornette calls her Jane. Dude, she <laughs> tells Tony. Yeah, she goes, Tony, cut the S H I T. He's literally just standing there with a the mic. He hasn't said a word. He's not even looking at her. I'm like, <laughs> what is the point of this? Are they just doing this point just to, just to get it on TV? Yeah. Well, it's just like Shane Douglas used to come out and start every promo with cut that or cut my right. effing music. So there you go. And then, yeah, uh, you know, I mean, if you're going to do at least have a point, is what I'm saying. Just yep. stupid. They're not going to throw us off the air if we say it. So we're just going to say it just for the hell of it. Because that means I got. Well, I've gotten the meme from I don't know how many people already. It said the last time Raw was TV 14. It's a picture of the lesbians coming to the ring. <laughs> Like, oh God. Why do we I love that because head? it's it says the lesbians. Like you know, I know. <laughs> there's like, there's a little the much in this world, but these are the ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
The Omni Arena in Atlanta, which for years has been considered the Madison Square Garden of WCW, was demolished last week. The new arena will be opening in 1999. Basically, the arena was a piece of garbage and falling apart. Ted Turner was trying to... I know. Ted Turner was trying to bring an NHL team to Atlanta, and they deemed the arena not suitable, even as a temporary arena. (laughs) That's sad. They only agreed to give Atlanta a team if the new stadium was built. So the Omni was demolished and the Phillips Arena was built in the same spot. Finally, Atlanta got the Thrashers in 1999. Yep. So Um, there you go. Some hockey trivia for y'all. But there's a little bit more hockey trivia. They're not even there anymore. (laughs) Really? Where the hell are they? (laughs) They're the Winnipeg Jets now. (laughs) Seriously? Well, only for the past decade or so. But yeah, wow. so all that to get them for, uh, what was this, 97? Let's assume they got them uh, next year, the 98, 99, it was, I yeah, believe it was 2010 or 2001 was last year. So they get them for 12 years. So they had a 12-year hockey team. I want to wow. say 2011 is when they moved to Winnipeg. That's a hell of a run, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's just ironic that... <laughs> I don't know why I said it like that. It's just very ironic, though, that they fought to get a hockey team there, and then, poof, they're gone in, like, a decade. Gone forever, bro. <laughs> Who thought they oh, moved man. a hockey team up to Canada? Like, of all places. Weird. Um, I know. I just, it's, it's just funny to me, though. I didn't. Even, I never pieced that together just now. Like, they fought hard to get a hockey team, and they lose them in a decade. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Damn, man. Like, I never piece that together. <laughs> How long were the Raiders in L.A.? Uh, 80, 82 to 95. Okay, so not, no, not too much. No. Yeah, so not, not too much different. Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, but they only moved 300 miles, though. This yeah. team moved 3,000 miles and out of the damn country. <laughs> <laughs> right. We hate you guys so much, we're literally leaving the country. Supporting your ass. Good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine that, like, Atlanta, like, really, Atlanta was that hungry for hockey? Like, I mean, I guess not, because they took t- the damn team away. <sighs> I don't know. I uh, find it funny, too, because, like, that's always been football and baseball. Right. Um, you can throw the, uh, the Hawks in there now. You got Trey Young. Like, you know, when you have, whenever you have a marquee player, people are going to, like, at least watch but yeah it's always been baseball and football to me ted turner tried to make them care about the hawks for years but it eh, i don't know kurt hennig's matches at the saturday tv tapings last week were said to be so bad that wcw won't even air them the truth is that the matches Say that again but what kurt hennig's matches at the saturday tv tapings last week were said to be so bad that wcw won't even air them so that's what i thought you said Something doesn't equate there. I'm sorry. Right. Kurt Hemming's well, match was so bad. Right. The truth is that the match. Kurt Hemming's like, match is so bad. Wow. Okay. I Go know. Ahead. Say it a few more times. <laughs> uh, the truth is that the matches were never planned to air because WCW knows that he's still trying to work off the ring rust. So they had him wrestling just so he can get back in the groove. So Uncle Dave is making crap up. Although, I mean, that's not saying that they were, weren't bad. I, this, they probably weren't bad. They're probably just like, eh, that's all you got, really? You're Kurt Henning. Yeah. 
there that's that was a lot of Kurt Hennig matches during this time period. I just I remember watching this and I'm like, what happened, man? It's just like like he stopped caring. Yeah. And I'm not saying he did. I just he I don't know. He wasn't the same. I don't know if it was the injury or the time off or a combo. I don't know. Well, Bill Goldberg will be debuting at next month's Clash of the Champions using the name Bill Gold. <laughs> but that's uh, not for sure. no, you won't. Oh well, no and no. Okay, sorry. No and no. Raven is also expected to wrestle his first WCW match on the Clash show. I don't know if that happens. I couldn't tell you when he starts his first uh, has his first match. I couldn't gonna tell you. Yeah, it wasn't exactly a groundbreaking moment in WCW history. So yeah. Uh, since Raw is moving back an hour, TNT has changed the Nitro replay to air immediately after Nitro goes off the air, so Raw will still be going up against Nitro during the second hour, even though it will be a replay. This also allows the live airing of Nitro to go as long as they want now, since the only thing it will be bumping into is its own replay. However, this will only last until January when TNT debuts new episodes of Babylon 5. Oh, man, got to get that on the air. Uh, this does happen. I remember this. Mm-hmm. Because, I remember this because eventually when they started airing Nitro at 8 here, they stopped airing at 5, um, which, is five which is 8 over there. Time zones. <laughs> eventually, I had to like, miss the second hour. So I wouldn't have to record during Raw. I could watch Raw, record Nitro at 11, and watch it the next day after school. So, hmm. That's pretty convenient. Well, if anybody's interested, the 1998 season is the final season of Babylon 5, so they don't have to worry about it after that. Not that WCW is going to be around much longer after that anyway, so point's kind of moot. But <laughs> Baron! <laughs> it's true. Uh, there have been rumors of Disco Inferno returning to WCW, but it appears to be contingent on him agreeing to lose a match to Jacqueline, which is why he was canned in the first place. It happens. Yep. And Eric Bischoff flat out admitted to this. He said, yep. I was sticking to my guns on this. I was like, yeah, F you do the damn job. I mean, I don't want, I'm not, this is not sexist or anything. Okay. Nothing wrong with like losing to a woman, but she was only like a hundred pounds, and like four feet tall. Yeah. You know, it could have at least been a bigger woman. <sighs> I know. Well, speaking but of, but then on the flip side though, you know, if you know, not to get too into the weeds, but if you're talking character talk, is that really going to hurt Disco Inferno? <laughs> Your name yeah. is Disco Inferno. Yeah, it's kind of a joke. It's not like this is, oh, no, it's going to derail him going for the world title. But <laughs> still, I just, I don't know. I, it's so stupid. Like, why why do you have to put the man-on-woman match out there? Like, why is that a thing? I mean, dumb. logic says he pissed somebody off, but then, like, if they stuck to the guns, like, you're still going to do it. Wait, did he? Disco Hold, hold on a minute. You you want you're trying to tell me that Glenn Gilberti rubbed somebody the wrong way? I I don't believe. Yeah, it. I I know. Like, it, it's just that that sounds way too far fetched. I just no way. All right. Anyway. Part of me wants to make a Deshaun Watson joke here, but I'm gonna leave it alone. Let's go. Good lord. Yeah, we're moving on quickly from that. EMLL sold one of its arenas. For anybody that doesn't know, they own all of the buildings that they run. Uh, Smart. The, uh, 
The arena Coliseo in Acapulco has been running weekly Wednesday night shows for 40 years. They also sold another arena recently because uh, recently and between this and cutting back on shows, the wrestling economy sucks in Mexico right now for everyone, not just EMLL. Those little stupid Americans are doing like gangbusters over here. Yeah, right. Well, I never knew they owned all their own buildings. Yeah. Yeah, that's why uh, anybody that watches like shows like any Lucha Libre shows like nobody runs the same buildings, not for the reasons like here in America, but they either own the buildings or they own stock in the buildings down there. So Disney of them. Yeah, right. I and, just thought it was funny that during the uh, pandemic, though, WWE had the Performance Center and AEW had Daily's Place. UFC had their training facility in Vegas. And I really right. thought like all three of them were just like blessed to be able to have that. I guess it's a thing. Okay. Yeah. 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 Mexico's been doing that for a while. Um, I think uh, New Japan was locked down for quite a while, but then they had a few, they had a few small dojos that i think they were able to run some shows in but uh, obviously they're back to you know full-size venues now but do you know about the clapping thing over there clapping thing oh man i only recently found this out from one of the major marks so apparently because of covid you can go there obviously to wear a mask you can't clap or cheer make any noise but recently they opened a little small cheering slash clapping section within the arena. This is a real thing. Because COVID's uh, courteous enough to stay within that little section? Oh, because if you clap, you know, you could spread it. Everyone knows that, dude. Oh, well, well, I I mean, obviously that's the first thing, you know, here. But (laughs) then when you said they have a little section, you know, for for clapping, my... That was like my thing with restaurants. When you sit down, you could take the mask off at the restaurants. So I was like, oh, because there's like a little barrier. Like once you sit down, <laughs> then it then it stops. Oh, man. Yeah. And in respect to what you're saying, yes. Yeah, that's, yeah. COVID that's, at least uh, uh, goes with the laws of clapping. Yeah. Like, but it, what about <laughs> snapping? I didn't believe it, dude. I didn't believe it. I had to like look it up. I hate saying that. I'm like, oh, you're lying. It's like, that sounds... So damn fake. Nope. <laughs> what, what, what about uh, what about snapping like at slam poetry shows? Like, <laughs> I I don't know. Oh, God, it, Japanese shows are already so like tame and like collected. Like it, it's like it's like watching an actual like like when you go to the circus, you know, where they'll do a trick and they'll be like, oh, and then you'll you'll hear the clapping or whatever. Like, it's not like an American show. If anybody watches, like it's it's very different. But so anyway, when they come to America, then we show them how it's done. Yeah, it's the the crowds are very different. Crowds are different in Mexico too, man. Like crowds are freaking rowdy as hell in Mexico, and in a different way than here in America. And they chant some. Let's just say, if you're triggered, if you're easily triggered by things, don't watch Lucha Libre because the fans will piss you off. <laughs> and maybe make you cry. Uh, <laughs> they're not PC. I'll just say that. Anyway. You know what they? You know what their favorite sport is over there. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know if you're going to make a joke or if you're going to be serious. It's that cute sport, soccer. You know. Oh my gosh. 
Uh, speaking of Mexico, though, the most famous wrestling fan in the world, 97-year-old Virginia Aguilera, passed away this week in the country. Uh, she had been a regular in the front row of almost every show at Arena Mexico in the past 58 years. Numerous TV... Right. Uh, numerous TV shows had done stories about her over the years, and she was called the grandmother of Lucha Libre. Several wrestlers, including Pero Aguayo, were pallbearers at her funeral. <laughs> that's pretty cool, actually. Oh, that's, a way, that's a good way to leave Earth, man. Yeah, right. Well... I just hope when they lowered the casket in, he didn't do his, like, you know, double stomp on top of it. Although, she Although probably she might like that. I was going to say, she probably <laughs> would have marked out if she was alive for it. If I uh, could go into the ground with Macho Man dropping a huge elbow on my casket, I would ask for that all day long, okay? Like, then, all, all the elbow to push the casket into the ground. That's, got, that's my dream. Then you got Hugo Savinovich over on the side. Oh, Dios mio! <laughs> I don't know if that was inappropriate or not, but I'm going to go with it. Well, from Mexico to Japan, Masahiro Chono. I'll let you insert what you want with also his name. My here. hero, Chono. Uh, recently suffered a broken ankle. He spoke to reporters after getting off a plane on crutches. What? Oh, no. I was like, ah, man, it sucks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's. You can't support a damn thing on a broken ankle. Yeah. And he was a large man. Oh, it is. It's not like past, but well, yeah. he's a large man. <laughs> Right. A lot like a cruiserweight, you know? Yeah, right. Uh, he, sp- he spoke to reporters after getting off a plane on crutches and said that he still plans to work the G1 tournament. <laughs> Good luck with that. Uh, uh, however, why? Because he's an effing man. Right. However, New Japan Pro Wrestling held a press conference saying that Chono will have to be cleared by a doctor first before he'll be allowed to work the tournament. I don't think he does. <laughs> I couldn't even tell you what the sermon is, so I don't know. For anybody who doesn't know the G1 Climax tournament, it's uh, it's the tournament. Wow, it's the tournament to decide who gets the world title shot at the January 4th show. In the <clears throat> Opportunity. Uh, that that not anymore. Vince is gone. So I. Okay, fine. The title shot at the premium live events in the Tokyo Dome. Okay. Good lord. <laughs> I am wondering. I that that is one thing that that I'm curious about. <laughs> Are these terms going to stick around, or is Triple H going to be like, "Oh, thank sure God"? Live thing is a uh, universal thing. Comcast, or, live event. Yeah, I think that's theirs because it's on Peacock. So, I I don't yeah. know. I'm not like trying to that one. Play devil's advocate, but I think that one might not be on them. Right, that one I could totally see sticking around because I mean, pay per view is is kind of antiquated in certain aspects. I get that one. Uh, however, however, uh, the other oh, like the Vinceisms. Uh, I don't know. Like, I, I wonder if Triple H is going to torch him. This past week, like I said, um, they they may drop uh, Ring of Honor in New Japan by name for the Viking Raiders. Yeah, right. And, uh, and excuse, uh, excuse me, they are the new vicious Viking Raiders. Get it right. That's another one that should be going away. Um, yeah, they said it about and, twenty thousand times. <laughs> and I'll up, up, down, down. Xavier Woods took a shot at Tony Khan, so I don't think. Uh, I, I do. I do think some things will be lifted. So. Yeah. Well, that was that's Eric Bischoff's one thing about it. Like he didn't crap on Vince or whatever. He didn't really have anything to crap on him for. Uh, but he said he did admit he was like everybody is on freaking eggshells all the time, and uh, like nobody can relax. He's like maybe now that he's gone, people can finally like do their work and not be like 
you know, have a gun to their head at all times. He's like, that might make the creative process a little less stressful. It was like Mickey James came out to hardcore country and the impact champion there. Now shut the hell up. That's all you get. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Uh, after retiring last year, FMW star, and I use the term star loosely, uh, Mr. Pogo returned to the ring using the name Great Pogo. Again, using the word great loosely. Uh, in his match, <laughs> you'd have to Google him. Throw it in your Google machine. Uh, it's in FMW. It's not worth so Googling can... myself. <laughs> in his match, he used a gigantic knife and an electric drill on his opponent's oh. forehead, just like Luthez intended. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Why is that company a thing? Or why was it a thing? Uh, recently, as of two weeks ago, Chuck Taylor pulled out a chainsaw. So this stuff still happens, folks. Yeah. Well, at least he didn't effing use it. Uh, yeah. As long as he got stopped. <laughs> right. I like how they freaked out. They're like, a chainsaw? Like, yeah. Like, why? Why? Why, why is this a thing? I. By the way, I, I like how, speaking of their commentary, I like how William Regal refers to Excalibur as just man in the mask. <laughs> man in the mask, you're looking dapper. <laughs> <laughs> dude, he's uh, underratedly one of the most funniest men in the history of pro wrestling, dude. <laughs> I know, right? He's just like, he just like drops these one-liners. It's like, what the hell? Oh, man. Uh, here's something that'll crop up later on. Baby Boy Smith's 12-year-old son, Harry Smith, wrestled an indie show in Canada against 15-year-old T.J. Wilson. Oh. 12 years old. Good grief. Sounds like a prodigy. You think it would have been bigger? Yeah, right? I I can't believe he isn't back in WWE at this point. Well, he was, and then COVID hit. I don't yeah. get why I was reasonable to let him go, but... Yeah, I know. Uh, in regards to the ECW WCW legal situation, oh, here's where the fun hits, man. Hold on, uh, hold East, on. What situation? Well, here we go. Okay. Uh, ECW hasn't filed a lawsuit yet. WCW claims that Stevie Richards was not under contract to ECW and that he used the Stevie Richards name before he was in ECW, so they don't have a claim to him. As for Raven, WCW claims that Scott Levy created the character with the help of DDP. Raven does admit that he did sign a non-compete contract with ECW that is supposed to prevent him from appearing on anyone else's pay-per-view until October. However, Raven doesn't have a copy of that contract, and WCW lawyers asked Paul Heyman to send a copy of the contract to them within 10 days, or they were going to use Raven on pay-per-view. Heyman never responded, and because WCW gave him warning that they... Uh, that they planned to do it within the allotted amount of time. WCW feels that they were in the clear to use Raven on the pay-per-view. Up until the last minute, WCW expected Heyman to respond, and they were ready to scrap the Raven angle on the pay-per-view, but Heyman never did, so they went ahead and used him on the show. <sighs> I yeah, never heard of that, but... Uh... Yeah, I think, I think Eric Bischoff talked about this. It was a, a whole situation of, like... Yes, I have the contract. It's like, okay, we'll send it over. And it's like, I, I will fax it to you now. What is your fax number? And then it's like, all right, it says, I will get it to you now. And it's like, waiting, waiting, nothing, nothing. Okay, well, he's not sending it. All right. Because it wasn't so, it. Right. Yeah. And 
I like, I mean, Raven, at least, I mean, he was like, yeah, I signed something. It's like, do you have a copy of it? Oh, no, but Polly probably does. And Polly's like, ah, yeah, somewhere. <laughs> now, they said about the Raven character, like, in Raven's defense, you know, his greatest character was locked down by WWE. That was the white-hot Johnny Pola. So he had... Mother of God. No, it's like, no, it's hands uh, tied. You're wrong, Greg. His greatest uh, character was Johnny Flamingo. First or Scotty Flamingo, excuse me, and it was WCW. All right, Johnny Flamingo is John Morrison in Hawaii. <laughs> That's uh, I smell a gimmick change. Bro, <laughs> <laughs> we're just creating stuff with them, man. I want some royalties, damn it. If I see Johnny I Flamingo, I'm rolling this. Note the time right now: two forty-five on uh, July twenty-seventh, two thousand two. If I see Johnny Flamingo, I want royalties. Wow. The uh, last couple of stories here. Sandman missed a few ECW shows with a pelvis injury. There's no word on exactly what caused it, but he was bedridden for a couple of days. I, I don't even know I if I want to speculate. How do you hurt your pelvis drinking beer? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't want to speculate because I have a few ideas. Uh, I don't know if I should say them. I mean, you should, but don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but last story here at an ECW show in Rochester, God, Rob Van Dam threw a chair at Balls Mahoney outside of the ring. Balls moved and the chair hit a teenage fan at ringside and knocked oh. him silly. He was bleeding pretty badly and had to be treated by medical staff. Oh my God. <laughs> LOL ECW. Wait a minute. This chair doesn't just stop. And it's going towards a fan. The when chair somebody- is not self-aware <laughs> when when you're outside of the ring literally standing in front of the crowd and somebody chucks a weapon at you why are you just gonna move and let it hit the fan you're both dumb i remember um years ago i, heard, I saw an interview with jake the snake and he said that vince told him if that snake ever touches the crowd you were out of here you're never coming back <laughs> so there couldn't be a chair mandate this wasn't like a one-time incident, Greg. This happened multiple effing times in ECW. Oh, also, don't forget those idiots probably think it was some badge of honor. I got hit by a flying chair. Good for you, I, I guess. I got a concussion, lost some teeth, and need stitches. I'm hardcore. He's hardcore! He's <laughs> hardcore! <laughs> anyway, that does it for the news. We're going to take our next break. When we come back, we're diving into an actual good show here. It's SummerSlam 97 right after this. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. My name is Thomas, and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah. yeah the that. mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. We right. shared a room. Thought I knew your face. Yeah, we go way there. back, mate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do, we do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The... Broadcast. Broadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. well... What are we doing? 
Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking about professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. that's B-R-O. Hey, hey, it's all right. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C. We spell it with a K. Sorry, mate. Take it easy. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. We're back. It's WWF SummerSlam 1997 to place August 3rd, 1997. The tagline, heart and soul. The venue was the Continental Airlines Arena in East Rutherford, New Jersey, because when I think of summer, I think of New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> there was an episode um, of... on Raw this past week. Did you catch Paul Heyman's promo at all? No, uh, I caught part of it. A couple of people were booing Roman. Well, most people are probably from Jersey. They don't know any better. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're from a New Yorker, by the way. Anybody could have just said that, but our right. New Yorker says it. It means something. So. <laughs> There was well, there was an episode of Big Bang Theory where Sheldon was telling Leonard he was like, "Are you even where you are? Are you even from where you say you are?" And he's like, "Who would lie about being from New Jersey?" And, and he's like, "You know what? You're right. Point point taken." Although that's the one you should lie about. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, anyway, the attendance for this one is twenty thousand two hundred thirteen, and the pay per view buy rate was point eight. Uh, this event marked the first pay-per-view, uh, WWF pay-per-view appearance of Michael Cole. Oh, joy. And the last WWF pay-per-view appearance of Todd Pettengill. So the beginning, oh, of, cra- the beginning of crap and the end of awesomeness. I'm getting that figure this, this year from uh, Zombie Sailor. I'm not going to go Pettengill. all in on his figure line, but I'm getting that Todd Pettengill because I need that. Hell yeah, man. Uh, well, the show was legit sold out and did major uh, a major gate and uh, merchandise numbers. This, and did we mention this is the first one in, in Jersey in forever? Oh, was yeah. Was well, band there? Yeah, there is. Well, it wasn't a ban per se. It was like it was a, a tax situation where they. Whatever. Yeah, they had to. 
we'll talk about it more when there, there's a, a, a weird segment in the middle of the show. That's we'll right. There is. To, okay. But... I don't have a note for it. Cause I fast forwarded through it. Okay. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll get to it. But, right. uh, before the opening package, we get to the crowd standing for the playing of the star spangled banner. Uh, we then, in my opinion, get one of the best pay-per-view opening packages ever, which talks about how life isn't fair. I thought this was awesome. And then we get Hunter Hearst Helmsley with China in his corner taking on Mankind in a steel cage match. It went about 16 and a half minutes. This cage As a recording, was... by the way, it's his birthday today. Oh, yeah. I saw that. It's like, man, he takes over the company. Ba- ba- well, him and his wife, but take over the company, uh, you know, right before his birthday. He's like, happy birthday to him. <laughs> uh, but this cage was big blue for anybody that remembers. Uh, China reached uh, second to last one ever, I want to say. Mm, that sounds about right. China reached through the cage to get involved once and climbs through the cage and crotches mankind another time. This led to Helmsley superplexing mankind off the cage. Uh, he's about to walk out of the cage door after that, but decides he'd rather hurt mankind some more. Later on, <laughs> China slams the cage door on mankind's head. Mick Foley wrote in his book that she legit slammed that damn thing on his head and knocked the crap out of him. She throws the referee face first into the steel steps before uh, throwing a steel cage, steel chair into the cage for Helmsley. Mankind reverses a pedigree attempt and slingshots Hunter into China, who's standing on the cage wall, causing the crowd to become unfreaking glued, man. Like, they just went nuts for this. Mankind climbs out and is almost to the floor takes off his mask, and then climbs back up. The crowd chants, super fly, super fly. And Mankind hits a flying elbow drop on a Helmsley. Uh, as Mankind is climbing out, China drags Helmsley through the door, but Mankind touches the floor first and wins. Crowd loses it, like the home team just won the Super Bowl. Uncle Dave gave this two and a half stars. I actually gave it three. What say you? I hit it three as well. I'm a little upset you didn't mention how he opened up his shirt and was supposed to reveal the heart for do love, but he had used like a, uh, not a, like a washable marker and it all came off. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. Oh, uh, I think man. he said something about when, when he was climbing up, I think China like punched him like right square in the ass and he said, you're like hell too. <laughs> so she beat the crap out of this match. <laughs> she only, she threw one thing, man. It was potatoes. Well, while Mankind is recovering, dude's lo- dude loves seam hits. Mankind starts tapping his toe and then gets up, dancing around and hugging fans as he leaves the ringside area. We now go, here. here's what I was talking about. We now go to Todd Pettengill on the stage, introducing the governor of New Jersey, who signed legislation that eliminated the extremely high sports commission taxes, which allowed wrestling back in the state. So that's what it was. Apparently... They, they fought because they, they still categorize wrestling as a sport and to play sports in New Jersey. Or entertainment, pal. Right. And to play sports, you had to pay the sports commission and all this, and the taxes were, like, sky-freaking high. And well, that might explain why the Giants and Jets share a stadium all those years, still to this day. But Probably, yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. Well, the headbangers of all people. Hell and, yes. Uh, and Gorilla Monsoon now come out with Governor Christy Todd Whitman. Her Chiron literally calls her the tax crusher. (laughs) 
Okay, then. Uh, I don't know why I laughed at that. <laughs> this was ridiculous. Uh, Gorilla Monsoon. I, 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 I remember when I was fast forwarding through it, and she was coming out, I saw something, so I always rewind to see what it says. I'm like, who the hell is that? That right. kind of got me. Yeah. It, Vince loves to ingratiate himself to certain people. Uh, but I would Gorilla, love anybody that calls themselves a tax cutter on my behalf. So. Right. Uh, Gorilla Monsoon presents her with a replica of the WWF title, and Todd Pittengill asks her if she wants to defend it in the cage. She says that anyone who wants the title will have to come and take it before they play the old school WWF theme and leave. Uh, am I the only one that thinks it would have been perfect if they still had IRS on payroll here? Right. <laughs> <laughs> After Jerry the King Lawler oh. makes a, a few homophobic comments about gold dust, we now see the. I'm not kidding. Go back and listen. It's uh, something. Stuff that flew 25 years ago. We now see the legendary Tiger Jeet Singh, along with his son, the not-so-legendary Tiger Ali Singh, sitting at ringside. What were they thinking here, man? They thought, hey, Tiger Jeet Singh was popular back in the Indy, or the Territory days, and he, you know, he was a big legend. Uh, maybe his son will do something. Well, they thought wrong. He sucked. By the way, I think Tiger Jeet Singh was a big, bad, nasty heel, and they tried to originally push Ali Singh as a freaking babyface, and then they're like, well, that's not yeah, going to work. He won the Kuwaiti Cup as a babyface, I believe. Yeah. And they're like, oh, well, that's not going to work. We'll make him a heel. We'll make him like the uh, the Arab Million Dollar Man. And that was something. And Babu was not Virgil, so... And he was Hispanic. So that was. <laughs> this is one of the things that when, uh, uh, one of those commercials uh, was it uh, when they're doing that thing with Tony Khan? So this is people always portrayed as heels. Oh, yeah. The, like, yeah. The, the Asian. The Asians yeah. are always the heels. <laughs> uh, well, more, more so Middle Eastern, but specifically, but for the most yeah, part. Well. Yeah, well. And I saw this. And yeah. like, oh, he's not that far off. Right. That's why I was like, I like the Bollywood boys. I thought they were an entertaining, cool tag team. And then they're like, no, 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 no. Now they're heel henchmen of uh, Jinder Mahal. Like, damn it. But then they went back to being the Bollywood boys for the left though. And they sucked. So, but yeah. In Implying the they were good yeah. before. Yeah. I thought they were entertaining. I don't know if they were any good. I didn't really watch enough of their stuff. So. Shanky's entertaining. Shanky sucks. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, either way, next up, we got Goldust with Marlena in his corner taking on Brian Pillman in the Loser Wears a Dress match. Uh, yeah, this is happening. This went seven minutes, 17 seconds. He's about to pass away, and this is one of the last things he ever does. Yeah. Well, on his way to the ring, a video plays of Brian Pillman telling Marlena that he knows she wants him, but he's not that easy. She's going to have to wine and dine him first. Of course, Goldust kisses it makes Pillman. It, all, it makes it all the creepier in that raspy voice, by the way. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> of course, Goldust kisses Pillman near the beginning of this one and gets his makeup all over him. This one had an ugly-ass finish as Goldust attempted a sunset flip over the ropes when Pillman was way too far away. And this led to Goldust basically spiking himself and Pillman falling. 
They tried to make it work as Pillman dragged himself to the ropes to get hit in the face by Marlena's purse. In the face! In the face! Allowing Goldust to roll him up for the win. Uncle Dave gave it a half a star. <laughs> I at least gave it two and a half. Let's see you. I gave it one. This sucked. Also, I want to point out, I'm not trying to be funny. This is still not the worst finish on this card. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, it's 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 not, uh, unfortunately. The other one's not even a botch. It's a uh, just an unfortunate happenstance. But, yeah. Either way. I, I just... I don't, I kind of can't figure, I can't remember why this was happening. I forget. Hold us. Uh, the dress like, I know they thing. Were on opposite it, sides at, at the Canadian Stampede, but I forget why they singled one another out. I think it was just because of Marlon, you know? Yeah. The, the specific dress stipulation, I don't, I don't get, but uh, the whole thing was he, uh, Brian Pillman used to date Marlena back in the day, and now he's like creeping on her again. Yeah, so, and Goldust is, like, defending her honor, so, I don't know. But the gold dress the loser was supposed to wear is on a mannequin at ringside, and after the match, Marlena throws a mannequin into the ring, and Pillman loses it. He destroys the mannequin and tears the dress apart before storming off. Don't worry, he'll be a man of his word in 24 hours. Oh, well, good, I was afraid I wouldn't get to see him in a dress. <laughs> Well, after the Godwins enter for the next match, you heard me right. We go to the Legion of Doom in the back. Hawk says that they've been slopped, hit with buckets, and slop dropped. But tonight, it's revenge time. And then Animal says that tonight, payback is hell. And now... Uh, this feud goes on for a while, by the way. Yeah. So, if payback is hell, is this match payback? Because it was hell for me. Uh, oh, they're in hell. I, I see. I don't know. I, I don't know what the hell they're talking about now. Because they're in Jersey, right? Oh God, yeah, you're I'm, right. I'm completely lost, especially for them Arkansas boys. Just move on. My head's hurting. <laughs> but we get the Godwins of Henry O and Phineas I Godwin. Get it? Henry O Godwin is hog, and Phineas I Godwin is pig. Ha ha ha. Anyway, you know, sometimes when one explains jokes, it makes them look stupid. But I feel like we need to do it on this. <laughs> Yeah, well, like, you know, how relics spelled backwards is killer. Uh, but they are taking, oh, on, they're taking on the Legion of Doom, Road Warrior Animal and Road Warrior Hawk, in 9 minutes and 15 seconds. Where else can you see two post-apocalyptic bikers taking on two Arcan Arkansas pig farmers in a fight for the ultimate supremacy other than in the World Wrestling Federation? Did they say that? No, but... Oh, okay. It's, it's happening. No, but it's happening. Uh, for some reason, uh, a, a wild Captain Lou Albano appears in the crowd. Like, he just randomly popped up at shows. Did you notice this? They're like, hey, uh, yeah. look, it's Captain uh, Lou. According to Bruce Pritchard, he might have been drunk here. So You don't say. <laughs> <laughs> you don't think I don't think you have to put might have been like, in front of anything. It's just, it's Captain Lou. He was drunk. There you go. Yeah, but you don't want to cast aspersions. So just throw it out there. You can get in trouble. So you have to. He was allegedly ass. drunk at all times. There you go. All right. <laughs> I have a Jax figure of him, by the way. Uh, How have you not made him a Dell figure of him? That's crazy. Right? That's insane to me. 
I know. He was he's a bigger part of gold of the golden era than people realize. That's weird. He was in a music video. Well, like, no, it was in, a real one. He was in the music video of that era. Yeah, right. So uh, Phineas saved Henry from taking the Doomsday device, which broke his neck in the past. But Phineas takes a flying lariat from Hawk. The LOD then hits a spike pile driver on Henry for the win. Uncle Dave gave this an, a half a star. I gave it dose. Let's say you. Oh, man. I I gave it one. I wanted <laughs> to give it two, but man, I was like, no, nah, this is bad. This is bad. <laughs> I will say this. As much crap as I thought, I didn't think uh, three out of four of these guys were bad. All right. I always. I, 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 don't, I don't think any of them were bad. Okay. I I, some of the stuff was stupid, but. All right. I shouldn't say Phineas sucked. That's a little harsh. I didn't think Phineas was good. He was uh, probably these four. Yeah. But the other, I, yeah, I thought they were fine. I thought the Godwins as a team was good. I just, I, I didn't care Henry, about it. Henry as the as the uh, original heel Godwin was great. Yeah, I always thought there's, it was a, there's a gem of a match with Diesel on Superstars that people haven't seen. You should go back and watch. It shows what this guy's really capable of. Hmm. Yeah, he's he. I always thought he was pretty good. I thought it was funny that he did the Scorpion Death Drop as his finisher, but yeah, you know, whatever. But that was not the Scorpion Death Drop. Oh, oh, excuse me. It was a slop drop. Thank you. Yeah, because it's totally different. It's like, well, it's it's like uh, you know the the sharpshooter is oh, totally not the pounds same. and coming down hard with them. A little bit different. Uh, well, yeah, it's, to- it's it's like the you know the Scorpion Deathlock's totally different than the Sharpshooter. It is the Sharpshooter uses the left leg and the Scorpion Deathlock uses the right. Man, you're oh. all over the place, dude. Oh god, Jeez. yeah, because that totally yeah. changes the torque and the pressure and the you know well, whatever. You, hell yeah. Anyway, I'm getting ticked off your sarcasm today, man. Whatever, let's move on. After the match, Hawk and Animal make the motion that they want the tag titles. So, yeah. Speaking of which, uh, they may play a big part in a tag title match in the next SummerSlam that we cover. So, there you go. Uh, we now go to Todd Pettengill on the stage with Sonny and Sable. Oh, man, this is even worse than the last on stage segment we had. I don't know, I man. It's all kinds of all the way live here. But. Well, I mean, it was rolled all kinds of rolled tag, but you know, uh, they're standing by with two contest winners who got to choose numbers for. Try to follow this. They choose numbers for. There's a board. You can't even get it out. <laughs> I know. I, I'm trying to figure out where to start with this damn thing. There's a casket. Holy crap! You're just giving away the whole segment now. They know it's gonna be bad. There's a casket full of a million dollars. Why is the casket full of a million dollars? Don't know. Shut the F up. Reasons. It's padlocked. Why are you padlocked the casket? Because it's full of a million dollars. There's a cork board with a bunch of keys on it. The keys are numbered. The contest winners, each of them got to pick a number to a corresponding key. That key, they got to test in the padlock. If If it worked, they get the million dollars in the casket. They get the casket. They didn't say off. That's what's happening here. I think I explained it. I think you did, except you forgot to say this is something you see on the Price is Right, but we'll let it go. <laughs> this is this is dumber than anything you'd say on the Price is Right. Bob Barker <laughs> would have, have rejected the crap out of this. <laughs> Somebody would have pitched this game to Bob Barker in a creative meeting. He would have said, get the F out of my boardroom. <sighs> anyway. And don't forget to have your pets better meters. Exactly. 
But so they each get to pick one. It was like a little kid and a, a bald dude who looked like uh, Stone Cold's like black sheep cousin who may or may not be on a, an illegal substance. I'll leave that up to you. Good uh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> but then they're going to call. They're going to they're gonna try. I, I think they're 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 calling people like live on pay-per-view because these always go well, famously. For the WWF. <laughs> and they would bring it back 13 years later. Keep going. And that, and that also would famously go well. <laughs> but the, the people they call would also get the key numbers. And if those key numbers would work, then they would get the million dollar casket. But the anyway, the first number that they try uh, for another contestant, no one answers. It literally rings and rings and rings. Nothing. The second number they try is disconnected <laughs> before you <laughs> even go on start. i'm just gonna say right now i'm gonna put a disclaimer here this is all real go watch it if you don't believe us okay go ahead oh yeah unedited on peacock on the cock <laughs> uh, the third caller says that he's not even watching SummerSlam because his cable provider doesn't carry it <laughs> so it's be know, one of those direct tv times when they start carrying it for a minute <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile you got Vince McMahon on commentary. Ha ha! Good shit, pal. <laughs> uh, he's like laughing his ass off at how horrible this is going. Bruce Pritchard said that's like a legit reaction he has in the backstage area. He's like, he's, he said he doesn't flip out. He said when things are this damn bad, he's literally laughing his ass off. Like, ha ha! God dang it. Um. <laughs> like, what can you do at that point other than laugh? So. I agree. Why are you pissed off? I mean, it's happening right there. You know what's going to do? Get up and go fix it? Oh, yeah, right. I know. Like, kick somebody in the balls? Well, like the the kennel from Hell match. Like, he said he was laughing his ass out. Look at it. God dang, he's pissing. He's pissing. (laughs) That was the most happy accident ever. Right? Oh, Lord. Anyway. but Watch along idea for September. Go on. Lord. Uh, But anyway... Uh, the guy who's not watching SummerSlam, he picks a number for a key. He chooses wrong. The next person who answer. No, he did not. You can't choose wrong. He chose the wrong one. Okay. Well, he chooses, <laughs> he chooses the incorrect key. Shout out to my English teacher in high school. <laughs> Good Lord. The next person who, who uh, answers, who actually answers a damn phone, picks a, a number for a key that also doesn't work. The little boy contestant tries his key. That doesn't fucking work. <laughs> and now it's Baldy McBalderson's turn. <laughs> that one doesn't work either. No one wins the money. This at this point, I, at this point, I'm completely convinced that none of these keys were real and they were rigged to would win. <laughs> they finally bring some asshole up on stage who picks up a key and it fucking works. This entire segment was wrestle crap brutal. <laughs> Holy shit! Oh man, this sucked. <laughs> you can't plan for something to go this bad. You, you couldn't even set it up comedically to go this bad. Oh, this is an act man. of God right here, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, sucked worse than them giving away a house. Uh, I'm after screwing up right now, you ass. <laughs> 
That segment, oh, was, oh, man. segment was ridiculous, man. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> it, it, poor Todd Pettengill had to roll the shit. Didn't you say this was his last pay-per-view? Yes. Well, there you go. What a, what a swan song. <laughs> so long and thanks for all the fish. See you later, man. But <sighs> after this, we see clips from Raw's War where the British Bulldog is about to lose an arm wrestling match to Ken Shamrock. So he breaks it and beats Shamrock down. He then beats him down with a chair and pulls out a can of dog food, you know, as you do. And he <laughs> and he rubs it all over Shamrock. God. And now we get this. It's the British Bulldog. Why is, why is that a thing, by the way, WWE? Do you remember they brought it back a couple of years ago with Corbin and, and Roman Reigns because he's the big dog? Yeah, and it just gave anti-WWE people more fodder. Okay. Well, here's the thing, though. This is when Punk was on that show on, on FS1. What was that? The backstage or whatever yeah. it was called? Okay, he watched this, and he liked this. He thought it was great. Why? Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, you give them crap for so much stuff. Some of it right, some of it wrong. But this, you like. <sighs> Anything involving Corbin, I'm usually tuned out for. And I'm not just funny, though. It's, sucks, a running, but... it's a running thing, though. It's got to be dog food in WWE. Yeah. Well, I'm almost certain if you search the uh, the annals of WWE Time and Peacock, you'll see something with Junkyard Dog doing something with it. I just... Yeah. I, I, God, maybe. But this one is the British Bulldog defending the prestigious WWF European title against Ken Shamrock in about seven and a half minutes. Uh, also, the loser of this match, or, well, I don't know if the loser of this match, British Bulldog had said, if he loses this match, he'll eat dog food. So there's that. Yeah, I don't think this was a loser of the match, then. It was just Bulldog. Right. They kind so, of tell him the commentary, too. Right. <clears throat> so Shamrock was a house on fire right away, just beating Bulldog all over the place. Shamrock starts bleeding from his mouth at one point. I don't know if that, like, what the hell happened there. He got kicked in the, in the face of the back of his Bulldog's, the heel of his boot. Ah, okay. Ended up getting a couple stitches the next day. Ooh, shit. Yeah. Well, Bulldog tries to practically murder Shamrock with the steel steps, but the ref stops him. He takes a handful of dog food instead and rubs it on Shamrock's face. Shamrock snaps when this happens and destroys Bulldog. He then takes a can of uh, the can of dog food and beats Bulldog with it, drawing a DQ. Uh... <laughs> Uncle Dave gave this a star and three quarters. I actually gave it two and a half. I liked what there was until the end. What say you? I, I said it was a two in the ending, but oh, I won't shave it off for the ending. So two. This was yeah. this was a very soft two, though. Uh, I forgot. This is a weird thing to notice, but I forgot that Sham- Shamrock had kind of longer hair at this point. Yeah, he didn't like, look like cut or uh, the. the Military style. Right. Well, after the match, Ken Shamrock continues his assault, even shoving the referee. Finally locks in a rear naked choke hold on the British Bulldog until he passes out, refusing to relinquish the hold. The timekeeper keeps ringing the damn bell as if that's going to do anything. I hate that, man. Brought me back. Uh, They're famous for that on Nitro, man. It was the worst on Nitro. Well, my thing is, they're like, he's not breaking the hold. He's not. And then the ref is like, ring the bell. Like, what the hell is that going to do? It's the international sound for stop what you're doing in pro wrestling. Right? 
like all the agents and referees hit the ring, unable to break Shamrock's hold on Bulldog. When he's damn good and ready, he finally lets the hold go. To further his rampage, Shamrock starts hitting belly-to-belly suplexes on Pat Patterson, Gerald Briscoe, and referees before shouting, Get out of my way! The crowd is eating this up and cheering on Shamrock like a god. But we now go backstage with Todd Pittengill standing by with Shawn Michaels. Todd asks Shawn if he's really going to put his career on the line tonight when he referees the main event match between Bret Hart and The Undertaker. Shawn says that there's nothing between he and Bret because that was all settled at WrestleMania 12 when he beat him. Tonight, he says that he's going to call it right down the middle, daddy. We're now shown clips of Farouk firing Savio Vega and Crush from the Nation of Domination. I had no idea that this is what led to Crush forming the Disciples of Apocalypse and Savio forming Los Bariquas. He actually fired everybody except for Dilo. Yeah. I like how he's like, look, I'm going to fire you both from this halfway decent group so you can go form two crappy groups. I thought the Disciples of Apocalypse were a cool concept. I didn't care about anybody in the group, but I like the biker, you know, group concept. Like, no offense to Los Periquas, but I, I couldn't tell most of them apart just because I'm like... Well, I hey. knew one was Savio, and I knew one was very hairy. And then the rest yeah. were the other. <laughs> I'm like, one looks like freaking Chewbacca, and one and uh, one Savio Vega. The other ones, it's like... You all dress alike. Like, the, you don't do anything different in the ring. Like, okay. And, and it's not a race thing, okay? I couldn't tell the white twins apart either. So, you know, whatever. That's a bad example because they are identical twins. <laughs> I guess. Well, the other ones dressed alike and had the same damn haircut. It's true. All you uh, white guys look alike. <laughs> I don't freaking know. Well, this match was something uh it was los bariquas of savio vega jesus castillo jose estrada jr and miguel perez taking on the disciples of apocalypse of crush skull eight ball and chains in an eight-man tag match what about nine minutes and i know what you're thinking los bariquas versus the disciples of apocalypse in nine minutes where's the other ten <laughs> i'm thinking why is this thing on so really not closing the show that's what i'm thinking but Right? Like, why are they burying these guys? Clearly, they're all top talent. I don't know. Shut up. Anyway, <laughs> which one was the hairy one, by the way? I think Miguel? that's Miguel Perez. Okay. I know one of them was it. Was that the one that got knocked the f out by Edge in his debut? I think so. <laughs> it's not funny. I guess, well, I guess he's okay, so it's kind of funny. But yeah. Either way, this one breaks down. Instantly, when the DOA slides in and attacks the Bariquas, halfway through the match, the Nation of Domination comes through the crowd into the ring. Uh, at one point, Chains slides outside and hits Ahmed Johnson, leading to Johnson pile-driving him. Johnson rolls Chains into the ring, and I think Jose hits a running senton on him for the pinfall win. Uncle Dave gave it a half a star. I gave it a star and a half. What say you? I gave it one. This, I don't even know why it was on the damn pay-per-view. Well, uh, because uh, Gang Warfare, pal. God dang it. I, That's literally going to be the name of the Survivor Series. 
I know. Now in the archives, by the way. Yeah, it's um, something. I don't know, man. I never gave a crap about this. Like I said, I kind of liked the concept of DOA, but mostly because I like Crush. So, I don't know. Either way, after the match, Los Bariquas take off as the DOA and Nation of Domination get into a brawl in the aisleway. Crush ends up driving his bike through them to break it up. Uncle Dave wrote, get this, Ahmed Johnson suffered yet another injury at SummerSlam, re-aggravating his knee injury. <laughs> he didn't, didn't freaking do anything. Oh, man. Well, he ran. Yeah. On Raw the next night, the Nation of Domination turned on him to write him off TV again for a month or two until it heals, end quote. Mother of God. That's some Kevin Nash-level crap right there, man. Uh, Kevin Nash, Mr. Kennedy, Edge, Chris Saban. Look up. Well, at least some of the other talents you mentioned, like, actually did, you know, things. <laughs> Kevin Nash, it's like, moves, and his knee explodes. <laughs> But anyway, up next, it is Owen Hart defending the WWF Intercontinental title against Stone Cold Steve Austin in about 16. Well, it goes for 16 minutes and 16 seconds. So the stipulation to this one is that the loser will have to kiss the winner's ass. So, yeah, uh, spoiler, that doesn't happen. Uh, Michael Cole tries to interview Stone Cold backstage before uh, making his entrance, and Austin wasn't having it, shoving him away and telling Cole to kiss his ass. Hart works Austin's legs. Work the leg! This one. Bro. And Austin does heel moves to cheers of the fans. Owen eventually starts working on Austin's fingers, so he can't flip him the bird anymore. I don't think that's going to work. I thought that was clever. It was. Uh, and he ties Austin in the ropes. It's funny that Austin used his old finisher, the stun gun, as a cutoff move, and the only one who gave a damn was Jim Ross. <laughs> Did you notice that? He's like, he the stun gun! Out, dude. I know, right? He's like, the stun gun! Everybody else is like, yeah, so he hit a move. Uh, unfortunately, we know how this one ends. Owen gets Austin up in a tombstone position and then sits straight down dropping Austin on his head. Uh, Owen realizes that something is seriously wrong from the get-go and starts playing to the crowd and to commentary while Earl Hebner talks to Austin. Austin then does the weakest roll-up in history, understandably, and pins Owen with a schoolboy pin. Uh, the ending stopped this from being four stars, in my opinion. I gave it three and a half. Uncle Dave gave it two and three quarters. What say you? Two and three quarters. I give it three. I thought this was until the ending. I thought this was a damn good match. Like I said, I almost gave it four, but that ending was tough to watch. I thought these two had great chemistry. Austin with anybody named Hart. It just had awesome chemistry. But Owen Hart throws a fit after the match as Earl Hebner sits Austin up and talks with him. Austin flails around a bit before more referees rush out to help him to his feet. Austin celebrates for the crowd before throwing the Intercontinental title down and slinking out of the ring before being carried off by referees. Uncle Dave wrote, quote, after managing to make it backstage, Austin was rushed to the emergency room and released later that night 
with them saying that he suffered a stinger, Austin has already been dealing with neck problems for a while. I don't. Did he have surgery after this? I don't think so. Did he? Not for this. He wouldn't have it until 2000 or late 99 or 2000. Damn. Yeah, this is this is bad. I think this was around. I'm the time. just thinking. Thinking of 2022, no referees would have touched him. There would have been a parade of doctors around him. I know. I looking right? back at that, like they, they're like moving him and stuff. Like man. I know when Earl Hebner starts sitting him up, I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> Don't touch him. Like the, they, they always talk about that. They're like, if somebody has a neck issue or you think you even think they have a neck issue, you're, they're like, do not effing move them. Don't touch them. Uh, you let EMTs get out there and stabilize the neck before you do a damn thing. Like, oh man, that's rough. Uh, I, and I, this is on top of, by the way, not just this, but he also had a, uh, degenerative disease in his neck that just, I, I guess he said he, it was like inherited from his father or something like that, that it eats away at your vertebrae in your neck. So, sure. yeah. So it's like, that's, that's on top of getting dropped on your damn head. Freaking sucks, dude. But anyway, we're going to take our second to last break. When we come back, we're going to get into all things main event with this card. Right after this. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. This message is brought to you by belly up sports. No, just kidding. This is not an NWO promo. This is just me, Kyle Sullivan, AKA Shaggy Von Doom, the host of here in Puckburg on the belly up sports podcast network. I have a hockey podcast where we talk about hockey fandom and the love of the game, and where that leads you in this this game we call life. Why am I on Main Event Marks telling you about this? Well, what if I told you I had one half of the world's greatest tag team, otherwise known as the Main Event Marks, the one and only Greg, Superfly Greg. He was on, and he was talking about his love of the game. So you might want to come over and check that episode out. If you like what you hear, you can check out the rest of our incredible episodes with our incredible hockey community from PHF, athletes, ESPN personalities, fathers of NHL players, and a whole lot more. Come by, follow the show, give a like, give a subscribe, and it'd be great to have you here in Puckburg. But enough about me. Let's get back to what you're really here for, the main event marks, because they are the cream of the crop. Oh, yeah. The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. We're back. Before the main event, Bret Hart comes to the ring and says that he wants everyone to listen to the Canadian national anthem, which I assume is the theme song to the Dudley Do-Right show. I fast forwarded, (laughs) so I don't know. Uh, I'm getting a letter. I kid. Uh, got a couple letters in this episode. Right. Uh, he then dedicates it to Canadians and everyone around the world who hates Americans like he does. Uh, wow. <laughs> All I could think of is Homer Please Simpson. Please never change, huh? Right. All I could think of was Homer Simpson getting off the plane and like, and it, like on the baggage claim, he's that giant American flag and he gets up on the conveyor belt, starts waving it. And he's like, USA! USA. 
Anyway, uh, this one is The Undertaker defending the WWF World's Heavyweight title against Brett the Hitman Hart with special guest referee Shawn Michaels. And it goes for 28 minutes and 9 seconds. There are two stipulations for this one. The first one is that if Shawn is biased, he will have to retire from wrestling. Right? Is that, is that what it was? I think so, yeah. Yeah, and then also, if Bret Hart fails to win the WWF title, he will never wrestle in America again. Before the bell rings, Bret Hart attacks The Undertaker from behind with his own WWF title belt. Uh, halfway through this one, Paul Bearer walks to the ring looking like he just smelled a rank fart. Uh, <laughs> he always had that look on his face like he was he, like he's looking around like, who did it? Sure, uh, Murdoch Kyle, too. <laughs> right. Uh, when Taker finally sees him, he slides out and punches him a few times before Brett chop blocks the Undertaker. Later, Brian Pillman and... Which, of course, Owen is legal in WWE and illegal in the NFL. Yeah, right. Uh, later, tell you Bri- that. <laughs> uh, Brian Pillman and Owen Hart walk to the ring with big smiles on their faces. After a while, the Undertaker slides out and starts beating on them because he just doesn't like people at ringside. Damn it. Until, until Shawn Michaels sends him to the back. To the back! Uh, because the of back. this, Shawn misses the Undertaker chokeslam and pin Brett, leading to a confrontation between the two. At one point, Brett has the Undertaker and a sharpshooter on the ring post, and Shawn is outside. Undertaker shoves Brett off into Shawn, and then Brett takes this opportunity to use a chair on The Undertaker for a near fall. Sean later sees the chair and confronts Brett about it. And Brett hawks an effing loogie into Sean's face, which is nasty. That was not a working loogie. <laughs> right, that was, that was sick. And Sean swings the chair at Brett. But Brett ducks and Sean clocks The Undertaker. Uh, Brett then pins The Undertaker and Sean realizes he has to count, counting to three and awarding the match to Brett. This one was full of shenanigans, which took it down, in my opinion, a little bit. Uh, Uncle Dave and I both gave it three stars. What say you? I actually gave it four. I love this. It was it was good. I just, I don't know. There was just so much, like, extracurricular going on. And I get why. I'm not saying it was unnecessary. It just, I don't know. But right after the three count, Sean slides out of the ring and takes off to the, to the back. Uh, while Brett is, is celebrating with his title, his uh, celebrating his title win, the Undertaker takes off up to the ramp to pursue Shawn Michaels, only looking back once to roll his eyes into the back of his head, which was a famous shot in a bunch of promo packages later on. The Hart Foundation comes to the ring now to celebrate with Brett and wave the Canadian flag around. That brings us to the end of the show. I assume that because Shawn turns heel, turns heel. The next night on Raw. Pretty much. So does he basically say, I lied, I'm not going to retire? Like, how does he get out of that stipulation? He didn't show bias. Uh, I mean, technically, kind of. I don't know. It's, well, Brett guess, hit him. He threw a, he hit a, he's a chair. He could have easily screwed over Brett, but he still counted the three. Yeah. There's no bias there. He did everything he was supposed to do. And that would lead to the Bad Blood Hell in a Cell match, which is in the archives, by the way. Go check that out. But 
yeah, so anyway, that brings us to the end of this. On the other end of this break, it's our final break. We're going to talk about the final ratings and tell you what's to come in the next weeks ahead on the podcast. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Hey gang, it's Commissioner Cooper of TSS Fantasy. We are the fantasy show of the people. Expert fantasy advice, free contests, leading expert medical and legal analysis, and most importantly, you. Interact with us on all social media platforms or check us out at tssfantasy.com. You can hear us on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and many more. Check out the fun today and be a part of the most interactive fantasy show around. TSS Fantasy, the fantasy show of the people. Hello, everyone. My name is Ryan McCarthy, and I'm the host of the No Credentials Required podcast. Start your work week with the Monday Drop-In, where I talk about the sports beat in the Capital District, also known as the Mighty 518, as well as Metro New York sports from an upstate point of view. I also give a life lesson from a weekly sports story, so you might learn something from that. I also have a midweek podcast where I interview different sports personalities and talk about a wide array of topics. Take a listen and subscribe on your preferred podcast app, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio. Also, check out our social media channels on Twitter and Instagram, BellyUpNCR, and Facebook.com forward slash BellyUpSportsNCR. We're a part of the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network in association with Godzilla Media. No credentials required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. Final ratings time here. Internet Movie Database gave the show a 7.1 out of 10. Cagematch.net gives it a 6.47 out of 10. I give it an 8 out of 10 for a B. What say you? I gave it a C minus. It was pretty good, but they could have did more. Very too true. many matches I didn't really feel, or too many matches I said could have been on Raw. I feel like that was a, that was quite a lot of things around this time. <laughs> but I don't know. The, the WWF roster wasn't bad at this time. I just, I feel like some of the feuds were kind of like, eh, like zit. Okay. Uh, and they had some great-ass talent. I mean, we talked about a bunch of it already. So, I don't know. But it is what it is. Either way, that does it for that, man. Uh, that is our first SummerSlam down. Two more to go. But next week, instead of 25 years in the past, we're going 15 years in the past. We're hopping back on that TNA 2007 train. We're bringing you a hard <sighs> justice. Yeah. This was a this hard justice was a hard watch. It's a hard no. Yeah. Look, I have some stuff in our notes that you're gonna want to hear. And it's uh it's it, the podcast itself is gonna be entertaining to to hear, so don't sleep on it, that's for sure. But uh, listen to us, don't 
bother watching that show unless you really want to then i mean whatever that's you do you man but look that's if you think about self-inflicting wounds you know you can get help with that don't listen uh, don't watch that show just listen yeah. to our pod yeah right <laughs> like, yeah, look there's therapy for that uh and our next SummerSlam, by the way what i teased earlier is on august 17th we're bringing you a wwf SummerSlam 1992 from 30 years in the past Fast forward 30 years, they're about to go back to London for a pay-per-view. First time since they met. Crazy. Freaking awesome, man. I'm looking forward to that one. And I'm looking forward to watching this back. Uh, I'm pretty sure I've seen this whole thing, but it's it's been years since I've watched SummerSlam 92. So definitely looking back. Yeah, for me, it's been days. (laughs) Wow. Definitely looking forward to going back for that one. Uh, It should be a, a fun watch. And uh, yeah, man, uh, like I said, this whole whole month should be uh, entertaining. We said there's not a stinker, but I think we mean in podcasts, not necessarily in the shows we're watching. <laughs> well, the next show was one of the greatest shows ever put on in history for us. So. Right. So either way, that's coming up. Thank you for joining me today, Greg. Yep. And we will see you all next week. With TNA Hard Justice. Ocean. Looking for a particular truck part? Then look no further. The Rush Truck Center's All Makes Parts catalog features more than 16,000 of the most popular All Makes Parts from top suppliers in the industry and with quality brands you know and trust. And at 164 full-color pages, this is their biggest catalog yet. Our friends at Rush Truck Centers have great deals for you all year long. Check out their monthly parts and service specials in-store and online. And when you're ready to order, shop online with Parts Connect at RushTruckCenters.com. Expect more from Rush Truck Centers.